Can I tell you, I was just looking at the Riverdale fandom website thing. And like when I read that, like I get even more annoyed. <laughs> Why? What are they saying no, there? No, because like I read, in, not in advance, but the little synopsis for like, the upcoming episodes are there. And I'm just kind of like, <laughs> there's no end in sight for this. I know. That's what I was saying to you the other yeah. day. I was like, um, there's only 20 episodes in this final season. And we are definitely spending at half. least at least half, probably more, because we can't really confirm it for sure until we get to see uh, episode summaries and they only have them for like the next couple right but that's way too much <laughs> that's too yeah, many yeah and again there's really I mean maybe with the return of Tabitha this week right right yeah she's kind of the, the central piece here linking one thing to another exactly so that kind of gave me a uh, hope a little bit but it's not the right Tabitha it's the 50s exactly. Tabitha who has no fucking clue what's going on so she's next to useless but you're right it does kind of give you a little bit of hope that maybe something's supposed to yeah. come in soon maybe I don't know Ah, I really don't know this is I hate it let's watch it I'm Lisa and I'm Dawn and to get us started here's our 60 second summary This week, we're celebrating the return of Reggie, who was introduced to our 50s Riverdale timeline as a basketball prodigy from farm country that gets recruited to the high school basketball team to take them to the championships. The problem is Reggie's half Korean, and Julian Blossom makes it known early on that he's not going to be accepted as a member of the team. Archie does his best to include Reggie and encourage him to make friends, but after Archie witnesses too many incidents of blatant racism, he punches Julian in the face and commands the rest of the team to do better. Speaking of people who need to do better, Veronica decides to hit on Clay in front of Kevin until he becomes so uncomfortable that Kevin comes clean about them both being gay. Seriously, Veronica, what the fuck. After Cheryl asks Tony to go steady, Tony gets cold feet about the entire relationship and tells Cheryl she needs some space. But after a brief pep talk from Clay, she realizes she actually cares about Cheryl and is willing to try to overcome their differences. And Tabitha is back in action after disappearing for the last six episodes, and she immediately starts rekindling her bond with Jughead over their mutual appreciation for the sci-fi genre. The episode ends with Jughead discovering that Brad Rayberry has apparently committed suicide, but we're hoping he smells a rat and gets back to that murder investigation we seem to have completely forgotten about. But yeah, so here we are. Another 50s high school themed episode. Yes, frustrating, particularly because at the end of the last episode, we were teased with a murder. And Mm -hmm. then we get nothing nothing until, again, the very last 45 seconds of the episode. And we're teased with more, well, the same murder, actually. Right, yeah, they didn't give us anything new. I mean, they confirmed that he was dead, which I guess, you know, good on you for realizing that they were serious about that. I thought that they weren't. <laughs> but I will admit that when you did lay it out about how, you know, it seemed like things were going well for for Jughead for once, that it would make sense to kill the person who was helping him get his life on track. So Right. <laughs> Giving him a step up in what he wants to do with his life. And it's like, oh, fuck. And then a big old fuck you. So, But he yeah. can't have everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, Tabitha's you can't. back. And yeah. they seem to have a nice little connection going. Jughead so. can only work on one connection at a time. Mm-hmm. Because it's got to be either Veronica and then this Brad Rayberry and then Tabitha. You can't have more than an Ethel. We <laughs> Poor Ethel has oh, forget it. shipped off so that he could focus on Veronica. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so messed up. He's a one-on-one kind of guy, you know. Some people would find that endearing, but it doesn't really help. No, I now. find it very annoying because when Tabitha confronts him in school and is like, hey, remember you're supposed to be helping mm-hmm. me keep up with my schoolwork? And it's like, literally, no. Like, And he's like, oh, I've been really busy. And then what he brings up is his comic book writing career. Right, not that like, 
bypassing <laughs> that he was accused of murder and in jail for some point in time. And it's like, oh, no, we've just completely forgotten that now. So that's not even a thing. Also, sorry, Tabitha, I forgot about your homework, too. I, I forgot about Tabitha a little bit. I remember that she said that, but <laughs> I also at the time was thinking to myself, like, what, the, what does that even mean? Like, it's the 50s. He can't email her shit. How is she? he supposed to help her stay on top of her right. schoolwork? Like, via telegram? I don't understand. So Keep a nice pile in, this, in, in his uh Yeah, and she was like, it was car. actually a lot easier to keep up with Mr. Featherhead, like, this whole time. And she's like, what? No. <laughs> No, sorry. Because really? he seems to be way concerned about comic yeah, books right he's now. He's got bigger fish to fry. He's making sure Betty doesn't bang anybody and <laughs> Jughead doesn't write violent comics. He's in everybody's fucking business and he's a school principal. Get out of yeah, town. So dumb. But the theme of this episode, and I'm honestly surprised that it was the majority of the episode, is fucking basketball. Yeah. It was the whole episode, pretty much. We started it with Jughead's voiceover talking about how Riverdale is a basketball town. And it's just like, that's not something we've ever known to be true. <laughs> no, we've never, we don't know the highs and lows of high school basketball. Right, exactly. That was never a thing. And honestly, like, never even a whiff that basketball existed at Riverdale no, in the present day. <laughs> Football. So I don't know why they decided to go the basketball route with this instead of football. Maybe they were just trying to do something different. I don't know. But maybe maybe a lot of high schools didn't have football programs, but I think football's been around long enough. Yeah. I mean, he did make it seem that they just weren't that established yet, kind of. Yeah. In a way that he said that they just weren't really like doing well, like they weren't really paying attention to kind of. Yeah, well. But basketball was the big deal. Weirdly, Riverdale isn't recruiting the best talent. I don't know why. <laughs> this whole thing is so fucked up and it gets more fucked up by the end. Yes. And actually, I I really, really love what they're doing with Reggie mm -hmm. because it is something different for him. It gives him so much more depth as a character and they've really made it their mission to tackle racism against black people in Riverdale. Mm -hmm. But to see them now add Koreans into that mix, too, is kind of I don't, I don't want to say it's like a good thing. Right, right. I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, Korean racism is great. <laughs> but it is kind of nice to see a different minority group being addressed and like the issues that they would face exactly. and could still potentially face today. But it was probably heightened at this time when the Korean War was, you know, a thing. Oh, a thousand percent. And like you said, yeah, it's a whole new vibe of Reggie because we're able to compare the rest of them to their present day characters pretty well. Yes. But Reggie is a completely on a completely different realm right now. And it was weird to see him in such a, I don't want to say serious because he dealt with serious stuff present day too. But yeah, he was just very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I felt he was very reserved. There we go. That, yeah, that's basically what I was going with. Yeah, and almost humble, I guess, because we're used to seeing Reggie have sort of an arrogance about him. Mm -hmm. And I think that in 50s Riverdale, we see Reggie kind of not even really caring about his reputation, like what people think of him. Obviously, he cares about the racist issue, mm -hmm. but he's not a popular bullyish kind of 
guy, the way that he starts out in Riverdale. He's very quiet. (laughs) Very quiet and just kind of, yeah, he keeps himself, but he still asks the right questions. And he involves himself in a way that is so adult-like because... Can we get into the initial introduction when Archie brings him when they're in school and they're all sitting around kind of catching up? And first of all, that whole catch-up scene was pretty fucking funny. <sighs> As if they don't see each other every day. Right. They were just kind of like, oh, um, you bought the Babylonium, weren't you just a popcorn girl two days ago? And it's like, yeah, you saw her yesterday. Well... To be fair, I feel like the plot lines have been pretty separate from episode to episode and also Mm. very specific. There's not been a lot of continuity in terms of like talking about what happened last week, this week. But they are still really, I mean, like from week to week, it's because of Veronica that Betty and Archie did what they did. So now like the repercussions are the, the week after and then the week after that, they're still kind of talking about it. And Betty is definitely still talking about it because... Oh, Betty can't stop talking about it. <laughs> but yeah, I felt that given how Reggie is now, and again, he's just reserved and quiet and just there to do what he's supposed to do, which again, I felt like he was more of like this outsider adult than he was like a student. Yeah, he didn't seem to want to participate in any of the hijinks. Right. And it just, the act, like he just even looked older. Like again, like we said about Archie, like they just look, they're all old. So they're much all older. They're all in their 30s at this point, probably. <laughs> right. But it just, I think it just kills me because given how he had to act, and that he, again, he just looks like he's not like this transfer student. Right. He, he, he looks like a 29 year old man who was forced to go back to high school to play basketball. <laughs> Yeah, and everybody's just like. pretending. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> wild. Um, but everybody's kind of hung up on him, especially Veronica. My favorite part of this whole episode was when Cheryl tells her to slow down. She might get a speeding ticket. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was like, I've never heard that before, but I love it. <laughs> it was a great line. It was a great line. Yeah, Veronica comes in hot and she's just like, oh, Reggie, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, shut up. You're so annoying. <laughs> I do love that he kind of had the best answers for anybody that came that crossed his path. He yes. just had... He had an arsenal and he was ready to use every response necessary (laughs) to get them to back off in a way. He was quippy because Veronica does it at the movie theater later. She's like, oh, I thought you didn't like movies. And he's like, I said we didn't have a movie theater. I never said I didn't like movies. Right. She's like, oh, well, I thought maybe you came down here to see me. And he's like, I honestly forgot you worked here. so good it was so good it was so great especially because like veronica was particularly annoying in this episode so to watch somebody just shoot her the fuck down was like oh more of this please she got shot down twice very well this episode and it was so necessary i mean one time was technically or according to her not a real attempt yeah she was just we can talk about this because fuck fuck all of this fuck veronica wait so how do we want to get into it i don't (laughs) what into reggie okay so we're still uh, yeah i don't so i'm just skipping around Reggie's having some issues integrating into the basketball team. And part of that is because Julian's being a big fat dick. And 
it doesn't like him and for you know racist reasons and whatever other that reasons. And he just feels threatened, obviously. Sure, yeah. Is encouraging the rest of the team to kind of go along with him. So even though Archie is trying his best to include Reggie and get him to feel like part of the team, everybody else is kind of icing him out and it's really sad. They do a scrimmage one day and Uncle Frank is like, okay. Reggie, you're a captain, and Julian, you're a captain, and then everybody else just pick whatever team you want to go on. It's like, who? Like, what? So then most yeah. of the team goes to Julian, and only Archie and Fangs go with Reggie, and then Reggie pulls Dilton Doily, who I guess is like a towel boy, a water yeah. boy, after Archie abandoned that role. Yeah. And he's like, that's enough. We can do this. And then the four of them end up winning against the rest of the team. So, you know, he proves himself worthy. And really, that's all he is focused on. He wants to show them that he can do a good job. Right. Like, you brought me here for a purpose, and I'm fulfilling that purpose. So. Right. And it's not to make friends. Like, he, no. he's not there to make friends. He's not there to have, like, a social life. But the team is making it very difficult for him to integrate because Julian won't pass him the ball and it's like very petty bullshit nonsense and then later in the episode when the blossoms throw this like fundraising party you kind of find out in like so many words they basically bought him yeah they're like okay we we needed reggie to help us win basketball games and they're kind of holding over his head that they're going to help out his family financially so long as he continues to perform for the basketball team and archie is like of course, as usual, like, I'm disturbed by this, but I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to leave in a huff. Yeah. <laughs> not only did they call him their secret weapon, but they're like the Korean prodigy. I was like, Jesus. Yes. Yeah, they're not making it subtle that they think less of him because he's Korean, mm-hmm. but they recognize that he has talent, so they're going to recruit him anyway. But again, with this sort of caveat of like, if you don't do a good job, then we're Back gonna... to the form you go. Yeah, Essentially, and also, like, he had been home helping his family because his dad is a war veteran. He was injured in the war. They're not receiving benefits from the government because they're Korean, or at least his mother is Korean. Right. So Reggie was helping at home. He dropped out of school to literally help his parents afford to continue living their lifestyle. And so going back to school takes him away from that. And the only reason he's doing that is because Featherhead and Blossom and all those people said, okay, well, we'll help you out. How about your family so that you can focus on basketball and just do your one thing of doing basketball? I love how they also told him, well, they asked Archie, like, how they thought he was doing and feeling and, like, acclimating to, you know, and he's like, he's good, you know, he just wants to make sure, like, he's doing good with this, like, keeping up the schoolwork and stuff like that. Yeah, they're like, we don't don't give a shit. And Mm -hmm. it's like, whoa. Yeah, and poor Archie here is having a reckoning because Reggie tells him that before this, he was going to Stonewall Prep and playing basketball for them. And can I just say how excited I was to see Brett's stupid punchable I was face. Like, I was so surprised they brought him in for this it was like, two-second five, yeah, cameo. Five seconds he was there making racist comments, and I was so excited. <laughs> Guess so. He's, it's a slow work uh, season <laughs> for him. Maybe they just like green screened him in. Like he just did it it from home. (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, So Reggie explains that like he was treated like garbage there for the same reasons and was basically like, that's why I'm not trying here. I'm not making an effort. I'm not meeting anybody halfway. I don't need friends here. It's not. Yeah, I'm just here to do my job, perform well in the basketball games and go home. And Archie's like, but we're not like that. We're different. And then this party kind of proves to him. Nah, 
This is a problem literally everywhere. And again, like poor little innocent, naive Archie, 50s version Archie is really having to come to terms with some harsh truths. (laughs) He is. But can I tell you? He comes out swinging. Loved this. This is the best thing. Oh my God. Yeah. Julian is once again giving Reggie shit at basketball practice. He says something horribly racist. I don't remember what. Uh, Yeah, I don't either. Archie just fucking clocks him. Mm -hmm. Julian is on the floor. And then Archie turns around and is basically like, we're better than this, guys. Like, I don't care if you're not friends outside of here, but this is a team. And when we're all on the court, we're a team. And if anybody has a fucking problem with that, you can get out. And it was like, good job, Archie. And it wasn't even like, I was expecting like this corny speech. And it wasn't. No, it It was was actually very well done to the point where he then goes to help Julian up and... I think Julian was even kind of like, oh, my God, this guy isn't like a, a doofus. Like, he can actually. Well, <laughs> well put a pin yeah. in that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so it was. But you know what I found funny, too? Where was Uncle Frank for that moment? Oh, he was. This this was the problem because Julian said he has to run warm ups because Uncle Frank was in a meeting. He was probably in a meeting with Principal Featherhead talking about, like, whose life they're going to ruin next. But of course he didn't get to see, like, Archie actually defend. Well, who knows what side of that he would have come down on. So (laughs) maybe it's best that he wasn't there. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, I guess it's probably for the best. I bet his mustache is racist. (laughs) (laughs) That fucking mustache, man. It really is fucking with me. Just whenever he taught, like, he could be talking, I don't know. They just... I think it puts me in the exact right mindset for Uncle Frank in the 50s because when he was talking about Betty being voluptuous, it it had the creepy like porn stash vibe. And then when he's doing shit like this, like the homophobia stuff with Sheriff Keller, then it's very much like a fascist mustache. So it's kind of like setting the tone, I think, for whatever's about to come out of his mouth, you know? It's a nice little facial decoration that just lets you know what you're getting into. Yeah. They're like, we know you're all sexually attracted to him, so we need you to not be. Here's a mustache. Were you sexually attracted to Uncle Frank? A little bit. (gasps) Dawn. Not now, obviously. Yeah, but he was always kind of sketchy. Yeah, but he wasn't always douchey like this. (sighs) Like prior to season six. Well, the time. Well, you mean when he randomly showed up in Riverdale and tried to take over the Andrews Construction Company from Sheriff Keller and like punched him in the face. And then Archie, because he was a teenager trying to run his dad's business, was like, well, I guess we should give it to Uncle Frank, who has stolen money in the past and used it to pay bonuses. Yeah, then he was a sketchy dude. There was a middle ground, though. Lest we forget, I, mercenary. I found him to be, yes, I was going to With a wife up. and child that he abandoned. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right? My choice in men are not great. We know this already. <laughs> Jeez Louise. This does track, I guess. And normally I would go for a mustache, so, I mean, <laughs> I'm changing it up a little bit. Oh, no. Wow. 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 <laughs> Oh, okay. Next on the docket for this evening. Yes. Well, let's talk about the cheerleaders because I feel like that's pretty close. Oh, yeah. This was an interesting. Yeah. So Dr. Werther's in his infinite wisdom suggests to Hal and Alice Cooper that Betty will be less horny if she exercises a bit more. And let me tell you, not true. (laughs) 
just generally not true. And then his suggestion for what she should do is she should join the Vixens, which I don't know, man, that puts you in the room with a bunch of sweaty guys all muscly, working out, doing cool sports things. Like, and that's... they thought like she showed her underwear on national TV. She's gonna be kicking her legs up and doing yeah. splits and shit. Right. So, so they're really gonna see her twat now. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Sorry, Jesus I'm just John. I'm angry. I'm angry at this fucking school psychiatrist. I also, I mean, just like terrible ideas. Like this doesn't even make sense logistically. Put her on the track team or something, you know, like cheerleaders are something not sexual. Yeah. Cheerleaders are literally designed as female objects on the sidelines, flinging themselves around for like a bunch of men. Oh my God. And then, you know, further confirmed by the fact that at some point Cheryl's like, well, we're going to assign each of you to (laughs) have a specific basketball player that you need to cater to. I did love her response to this while talking to Reggie yes. about it. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know exactly how this is going to work since they assigned me a dude, basically. <laughs> like, Yeah. And she's like, and I'm supposed to subtly find out what your favorite cookie is so that I can bake you a batch of cookies. I wish he took her sarcasm a little better. Uh, well, here's the thing, because when he first moves into Reggie's room, because BT dubs, he is living with Archie now. Yes. So that's just part of this arrangement. And when he goes up to the bedroom, he sees Betty across the way through her window, um, sitting in bed reading or whatever. And he's like, who's that? And then Archie like <laughs> very sheepishly closes the blinds and is like, nothing, nobody, it's just my neighbor. <laughs> nothing to see here. <laughs> but Reggie seemed interested or mm-hmm. curious. And I think that perhaps he would potentially be interested in Betty. And then when she starts telling him about the peep show and flashing her panties and all kinds of shit, he's like, oh, God, this is a distraction that I I don't need right now. Yeah. Like I need to be focused. I need to be. He took the high road. and Yeah. So he just kind of removed himself it. from the situation, not because he wasn't interested, but maybe because he was a little bit too interested. Maybe. I just found her. I felt really commentary. bad. <laughs> like so funny because I felt like she was trying to make him feel comfortable yes. by saying like I don't feel comfortable doing this so I'm trying to make it sound a little less creepy and then he right. just gets up and leaves and I'm like oh Betty I know and she, she looks so embarrassed and I was honestly like a little bit embarrassed for her because I, I do think you're right she was trying to kind of bond with him right and he just completely rejects her and it's just like oh shit I just really embarrassed myself in front of this stranger right so the other thing that's going on in the cheerleaders is Tony is sort of having doubts about her relationship with Cheryl Cheryl suddenly is coming on very strong and is like we should go steady and I know we can't actually go steady but let's just pretend to go steady it'll be our little secret and Tony is very obviously not fully on board with this plan yeah her um lizzo's been lurking around recently. lizzo is legit like <laughs> she's a shitster <laughs> she and she wants to jump tony like oh my god so bad at any given moment she will right. jump tony but like tony is so not interested in lizzo that it's confusing to which me i find odd yeah around because what is her purpose then <laughs> What is she right? Because it's, it's never really crossed my mind that Tony would explore something with Lizzo just because she isn't sure about Cheryl. Like, that's not going to happen. She's no. not interested in Lizzo. So, like, what is even the point here? And I don't think that was any and it's not anything new that was happening prior to Cheryl. Right. So yeah. it's not like she would change that now. It's not like the opportunity wasn't there. And now it is like. Mm hmm. 
So after talking to Lizzo, though, Tony kind of admits, okay, I'm not really a settle down kind of person. So I don't know, maybe we should take a break. And Cheryl's like obviously very upset. But this is probably this is the Cheryl that I think should exist full time because she handles this incredibly gracefully. Yes. This is the kind of character growth that I wish we had seen going into season five. Because right, yeah. we, we had them break up at the end of high school, but then Cheryl becomes this weird recluse and she's still attracted to chaos and stupid drama. Right, and she's like hating life. and Yeah, and it, it just makes no yeah. sense. But this, this Cheryl is the Cheryl that I want to see full time because she accepts what Tony says, doesn't try to change her mind. Then when no. Tony comes to her later and asks her for help in getting funding for a club she wants to start, a Black Literary Society for the Black students of Riverdale, I think all three of them. Mm -hmm. And Cheryl is like, absolutely, that sounds really good. I think that's a great idea. But just so you know, like Featherhead's probably not going to go for it, but I'll do my best. And Tony's like, great, I appreciate that. And then by the end of the episode, she gets her the funding, but Featherhead didn't give it. She took it from somewhere else, which who knows where that was, but I'm assuming something personal to her and gives her the money anyway. So like... (laughs) This is such a nice thing to see. Yeah. And I mean, I also feel like we still have normal Cheryl. She still has her quips and how she feels about certain people and all that. But this was such a step in the right direction that I was afraid that there was going to be some backfire. Yes. I thought she was going to sink Tony's club intentionally. <laughs> because she Which was is pissed. what she would have done right present day yes. she would go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Or like outed her or you know, done something retaliatory. But she doesn't do any of that. It's almost like I think I would be upset that they pivoted so dramatically on her character if I didn't like the pivot so much. <laughs> right. Yeah. But this is not Cheryl because we haven't even in this 50s era time period, we've seen her be petty and obnoxious. Mm-hmm. So to see this in this one episode, it's like, who is this person? But I like it. So I don't think we're going to have this Cheryl going forward. <laughs> you know what I realized? What? Now that you said the thing about the funding. Yeah. Remember at the basketball fundraiser party mm-hmm. thing, they were talking about Reggie and him being yeah. the Korean prodigy and all that and blah, blah, blah. And we see Cheryl eavesdropping. Yes. I wonder if she got it from her parents being like, if you're going to fund this Korean kid for your basketball team. Can you fund those three black kids at Would school? they you do know? that, though? That I doesn't don't know. sound like a Blossom investment venture that they'd be willing. At least with Reggie, they're they're getting the basketball fame from him, but they don't get anything from funding a black literary society. And But I don't know, because they did show her listening to that, but I honestly but forgot. But nothing came of Yes, that. I forgot about it until you just mentioned it, because I never we never see anything specifically come back to that, because you'd think that would make her feel empathy for Reggie, but we don't see her but do she, any right, sort of... Right, she didn't really have much of a no. interaction with him at all. I mean... Maybe that's coming. Maybe we'll see something regarding that in the future. Maybe. I think it just stuck with me because it seemed weird that she'd be eavesdropping when they didn't have much of an interaction and there wasn't really anything yeah. dire in terms of whenever they did communicate, which was what, once. Right. So. And, and she was mostly trying to get Veronica off of him. <laughs> Yeah, like she was helping him out. So, <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, the episode kind of ends with Tony trying to kind of reconcile with Cheryl because she has a conversation with Tabitha and Clay. And not only are they the only black students, but two out of three of them are gay. (laughs) So Clay kind of offers her some advice and is like, yeah, I know that Cheryl is different from you, but it kind of just depends on how much you like the person, whether or not... Right, you have to communicate. (laughs) Yeah, whether or not you want to actually try to make it work. So that seems to get Tony to think... And reconsider, and then she asks Cheryl to meet up with her at the dark room so they can discuss trying again. Yeah. And Cheryl is so happy about that, and it's really sweet. Because she also could have been like, well, fuck off. I don't want anything to do with you anymore. Yeah, no, I definitely liked that whole interaction. It was... It was very positive from what I thought was going to be like a very awkward several episode arc. Yes, it could have gone in a very stupid and petty direction. Yeah. But it didn't. It didn't. And also, could we just go back to the, what is it? What are they forming? Literate Black Literary Society? Yeah, the Literary Society. Why are they acting like they couldn't do it unless Tabitha was there? (laughs) Like, it's one of those things that it's like they're talking about it as if only Tabitha thought of the idea or... Because well, Tabitha's the one that brings it up to them, primarily Tony, and is like, well, have you been writing? Have you been doing any of this stuff since I've been... So as soon as Tabitha left, everything fucking else went out the window. Yes. Well, it seems like Tabitha was definitely the foreperson for their black activism mm-hmm. movement. You know, they've got other other shit to deal with, that, you know, on their plates and whatnot. Right. But I guess maybe Tabitha is sort of like a uniting element and has the ideas and stuff because you know we think about it Clay's been dealing with trying to get Kevin to come out of the closet Tony's been dealing with Cheryl trying to get Cheryl to come out of the closet either of them have really been thinking about the impact of racism on their community so I guess it takes Tabitha coming back to be like oh right we we were we were oh right something we were we were racial injustice yes yes of course (laughs) that's how we started this season but honestly like that's how Riverdale goes you know we address that in one episode we didn't really deal with it directly for several and now we're like oh but remember this exists still it's like okay this is why we have tabitha cool thank you we we also have tabitha because now she's sort of linking back up with jughead as we sort of touched on earlier but Mm -hmm. they start to bond over the books that they like to read because jughead mentions his writing career and that he's become close with this brad rayberry author and she's like oh i've read his books before i love him right. and jughead's like let's go meet him he would love to meet you and then of course they go and nobody answers because no. he did and you know what i forgot about that so like they're knocking and he's not answering and i like and then i write that i'm like oh right he's dead right like, yeah he's not he's, he's not coming to not. the door he's been unalived i had the same thing though because when jughead was like oh he would love to meet you i'm like don't do this he's a recluse he probably doesn't want to meet random people and then when they go he's like oh it actually but it doesn't matter because he did yeah he's not gonna be meeting anybody anymore so oh, womp womp ew but i don't like how they go there and then he leaves him a note and i thought he was gonna stick it under the door but he takes his gum and sticks it to the door and then puts the note on the gum and I'm like that's not coming off easily and it's disgusting and it, yeah and it's gross if somebody did that to me I would be like you savage <laughs> like what is this yeah I wonder if that would implicate him at all like another fucking oh I murder. mean maybe but we, we don't know it didn't yet see, it didn't nobody seem seems like to it, care though. yeah <laughs> maybe we'll get to meet Brad's wife because we know he was married because wedding ring Right. Never addressed, so. Nope. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so instead, Tabitha and Jughead go to the movies and... Mm-hmm. Jughead is completely aloof around Veronica, doesn't seem to feel even remotely uncomfortable that they once upon a time were something. And I love when Veronica says this to Kevin or Clay or whoever's standing there like, Jughead and I were a thing for a New York minute. And it was like literally a New York minute. A link and you miss it. She really tried to sell it too. And it's like, no, it really wasn't anything. Oh, and she made fun of the fact that he lives in a yes. train car. And it's like, you redesigned that thing, right. bitch. Yeah. And like, you never judged him for it when you were getting to know him. So why are you throwing that out there now? Mm-hmm. Like, it's something that makes him so weird. Fuck oh, you. Oh, she's such a bitch. She's so rude. And I'm trying to remember, does anything else significant happen with Tabitha and Jughead? Yes. Oh. She gives him a book. Right. And it's called Dark Water, Voices from Within the Veil. Right. Which w- I think is significant. E.B. Du W.E.B. Du Bois. Du Bois. Or du Bois. She corrects them. I can't yeah. remember. However, I think it's pronounced, I think it's the opposite. <laughs> there we go. Yep. And he's like, because it's a collection of stories. And, she, mm-hmm. and he goes, well, where do I start? And she goes, oh, you should read The Comet. Right. And it's about this guy and girl. One's black, one's white. And they, she goes into the whole thing. But a I comet thought, hits New York and kills everybody except for the two of them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how convenient. We're trying to get back from this comet that wiped out all of Riverdale. And yes and no, because I thought this seems- was a little coincidental. It it is and isn't because it really has no connection it, other than it being the comet. But then no. she's well, really leading into the racism and like the whole. That, it it yes, was the that's first time that a black and white character, blah blah blah, because it wasn't about time travel. <laughs> it wasn't, but again, voices from within the veil, <laughs> River Veil. No, just oh. the veil, like <laughs> the universe from within the, the River Veil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to go deep here. I know. Follow me. I, I <laughs> Follow don't, me, please. I don't want to. <laughs> uh, but one more really quick thing. The comet okay. story, I feel like, is also relevant to the two of them. Because if you think about the first episode, we were dealing with Jughead coming out of the comet hitting and Tabitha being the one that can pass through different veils. They are the ones that survived the comet, technically. <laughs> so, and she is of color and he is white. And I'm making all these connections and they better you're looking at me like i have 10 heads i mean like i see what they're you're not doing. the worst i'm not like literally pulling them out of nowhere no i see what you're doing a little coincidental that's what i'm saying i think <laughs> and if that was their intention then i think it's kind of stupid <laughs> Sure. I just felt that it was (laughs) something in common to the first episode, kind of, that we are never going back to. I mean, technically, they all survived because they're all back in the 50s. I think it's interesting that we've had to obscure all of the authors or their works with like different weird names. But but for this, we have the actual author being cited and the actual short story collection being cited by name. <laughs> and we haven't changed any of it. You're probably given uh, mucho rights to it, I guess. I don't know. But I, it, the same thing happened with Langston Hughes' poem for the Emmett Till yeah. trial. So I don't know if, if it's like, culturally significant work then maybe they have to cite it by name or maybe but I don't I don't know it's just it's just interesting what they choose to fuck with and what they decide is okay that's true sorry I went on a tangent I just found it very um that's okay (laughs) 
I guess we'll find out if it means anything. Even if it does. I mean, like, I no, you're right. It is a little. I think that's all it could mean if they were just being like, huh? Huh? Look at huh? the similarities See? here. But then what purpose does it serve? Fair enough. If we're not going to get anywhere from where we are right now, if we're just going to stay in the 50s for the remainder of the show, yeah, none of that means anything. None of this means anything, John. You're we, right. None of it means anything. We must keep this in mind. <laughs> so at the end of the episode, Jughead does go back to Brad's apartment, and that's when he discovers the police on the crime scene, and they're cleaning up and whatever. They say he's dead, that he committed suicide by hanging. Mm -hmm. and that he left a note and I feel like the note's gonna be significant and crucial to solving the murder yeah but we don't get to hear what is in the note just yet but they do get it they do give it no well he's like kind of summarized it but oh okay I thought thought that there was probably more but he gives it to Jughead like it, it's not evidence in a police investigation. <laughs> right. Like, like here's a souvenir. Here you go. You have this. Also, you must be the closest of kin that would, you know, want to have this kind of thing. But we won't contact any family. No. So we're going to have to wait to find out anything else about <laughs> about that, which is just annoying. Right. Because like you said in the beginning, we went from we had two back to back episodes where it ends in murder and we just left with like, dun, dun, dun. The investigation was active. And I know that we had that whole conversation with Featherhead and Blossom and Werther's about trying to suppress the investigation. But I feel like not enough people are concerned that the shit's going on. Like even just citizens might be a little uneasy. Right. Did we ever get the full crime scene description of Ethel's parents? What do you mean full crime scene? Well, because we know that just that she was there covered in blood. She's accused of killing them because of her drawing and yada yada. But with Brad Raybury, the milkman, we know it was the milkman. He showed up at the door. Right. But nobody else knows that. There's no proof of that necessarily. Right. So he stages it as a suicide, a suicide. by hanging. That's so true. what did... So it would I be kind of hard to connect parents. those unless you right. knew, as we know, that the milkman was involved. Because Ethel's parents were stabbed. They were stabby stabbed. Stabby so stabbed, right. There was no way to say that that was a suicide. But I guess it also fell to Ethel to kind of take the blame for it so the milkman's pretty good at covering his tracks and making sure that there's like another explanation for what happened and so that he can continue to stay out of the radar yeah i'm just thinking that we're not (laughs) thinking i'm just thinking we're not gonna get anything on this fucking milkman also, it wouldn't matter because, again... No, it doesn't matter. Nothing, nothing that happens matters. in the 50s matters. Nothing's no- going to carry over. Oh, my God. Nothing matters. But I still need to talk about it because I feel like... Now, if somebody dies in the 50s Riverdale right now... Do they go back? Yeah. Could they not go back? I mean, not that those people were characters for us, but, like, if somebody here died, if Jughead died, would... Tabitha still be able to I guess not he'd be dead I wonder if she could go to another timeline find another Jughead bring him back (laughs) the possibilities are really endless when nothing makes sense right and she's jumping timeline she talks about how every scenario right she could just pick a different Jughead right one without a mustache perhaps season two yep season two Jughead season two leather jacket wearing Jughead yeah oh god I miss the serpents man (laughs) the original serpents yes the serpents that were actually semi-violent and dangerous because yeah the the neutered serpents are not nearly as interesting Uh, no there's a baby in the gang (laughs) an adult baby an adult baby my bad (laughs) okay we need to move on to talk about Veronica oh my god we have more Oh, right. Yeah. We haven't discussed the person. 
that we, we hate the most. We hate the most. <laughs> so we saved the worst for last. Okay. Veronica is in rare form in this episode. She is. She's like Oh. Yeah. When we when we first see her, we talked about this scene a little bit. It's when Reggie is being introduced to the group. But before mm-hmm. Reggie and Archie get there, she's just like, so I'm officially the owner of the Babylonium. And that's when Betty says your favorite line about weren't you yeah. the popcorn girl? And Veronica says something like stupid. Oh, she goes, I'm ru- something on rubber, which I think is why then Cheryl says the thing about running out of gas. Or- we like to burn rubber. So- like she says something yeah, about that, like. That, uh, the lodges like to burn rubber. Yeah, some something like really obnoxious and stupid. So we see her at the movie theater. Kevin comes in and asks for a job. And to be honest, the theater really doesn't look like it's doing super well. No, like it really doesn't need an extra body to be working, but. Right. Okay. Yeah. She probably can't afford to pay another employee. And, you know, her efforts to bring more people into the movies don't seem to have really worked. Mm-mm. But she offers Kevin a job with the contingency that he help her mm. suss out whether or not Clay might be interested in dating her. Fuck off. She, <laughs> she's been dropping hints all over the place and he's not picking up what she's putting down. And she just wants to know if he's seeing somebody or, you know, whatever. And Kevin Kevin, like, very awkwardly agrees. But the frustrating thing about this is, like, Veronica, if he's not picking up what you're putting down, stop putting it down. Right. Like, stop harassing your employee. This is not okay. (laughs) Right. And I even put, I'm like, basically, she's like, okay, Kevin, I'll hire you if you get me laid. Like yes, that's, that's yeah. how it was. Put your dick away, Veronica. Yes. And she, like, this is so obnoxious to do as a, as a manager. Like, <laughs> I know she's a child, but... This is so unethical in so many ways. But on ways. top of her being a child and a business owner <laughs> and her saying that she's like, oh, there shouldn't, there's nothing wrong with employee relate, like yeah. workplace relations. I'm like, actually, what? there's lots of laws against that. I mean, I don't know if they existed in the 50s. Probably not. But well, not for a teenage business owner. They that's don't. That's true. But like a decent person, if you are trying to hit on somebody and they're not responding, you would just stop hitting on them. You don't try harder to get them to pay attention to you. But that is like a male mentality, though. Oh, it's a male mentality. She's a woman. Yeah, but also... <laughs> so- at this point, she's she got big is dick energy. Big dick energy. But like dick in a bad way. Uh huh. <laughs> so she keeps kind of throwing herself at Clay. And also, Reggie, when he comes into the movie theater, she's trying to hit on him as well. And it's just like, are you just throwing it at anybody and seeing That's if what it anybody like. picks it up? So finally, Kevin confronts her about it and is like, hey, so can you. He doesn't you- like women. Just <laughs> yeah, shut the fuck can up. You- can you fuck off here, please? Because you're making Clay really uncomfortable. And he's my man. Yeah, and she's pushing him on it. And so he finally does admit, like, Clay likes dudes. I like dudes. We like each other. Right. And it's just like, he shouldn't have had to say that. And then Veronica has the nerve to pretend, like, oh, well, this it just was confirms just pl- my yeah. suspicions. Which, by the way, like, what was her, forgive me, what was her end game here? Because I... Kevin and Clay were already kind of romantically involved. And she and... kind of knew that already, I feel like. Or if she had the suspicion that they were both gay, then, like, probably could make that assumption. So by forcing Kevin to admit it out loud, what was the point of that? And Unless like... it was just the turnaround of, like, oh, I got caught, so now I have to turn it around and look like. Well, that's kind of what it just felt like. this 
game and then to have the balls, because again, BDE, to say, he's not bi by any chance, is he? Like, are you right. out of your mind? <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't even know. How they're... desperate are you? They're probably an exclusive relation. Like, she's just, uh She's horrible. She's She's the worst. Like, this was disgusting, honestly. Like, I was super uncomfortable the entire time. I was getting angry because Mm -hmm. even when she reveals, like, oh, I was never, or confesses, potentially, that she was never actually interested in Clay. But then when you think about that, it brings up the question that I was just saying, like, then what was the point of this? If you already knew that they were dating, you were just trying to get them to admit it out loud. So yeah. that now you can have like gay best friends. And then she says something like this hick town's starting to feel like home. And it's like, <sighs> oh, right. Because she uses Why? some analogy to two actors. Yes. Yeah. Because she's like, it's if you can't have a boyfriend, it's good to have friends who are boys. What, what is this? Like, what is happening? You're a bad person. And it's interesting, too, because she had admitted that she never had sex. Right. She puts on this facade. So you're just making yourself look worse to the people who were finding it out. Some, like Archie, obviously, because he's a dude to do, but everybody else kind of get that you're a fucking fraud. Cheryl yeah. knows it right off the bat. Betty's starting to, because Veronica's actually telling Betty stuff. So it's like, whatever. <laughs> right. She's giving her bad advice, too. <laughs> the worst advice. <laughs> so And like, what is Veronica's purpose in this season? Because she's done nothing. No, she's just doing exactly what she's done in other seasons, just she, 50s style. <laughs> she's in so much of these episodes, but what what is she actually doing? She's advising other people on how to live their lives and also is like doing the business stuff. But it's like, it's almost like the writers just don't know what to do with her. And mm-hmm. they haven't actually had her do anything remotely useful yeah yeah worthwhile and uh, let's not forget she started by being an actress defrauding them by saying she was working on a role but not really (laughs) i mean defrauding feels like a strong word but sorry she definitely lied i think honestly that veronica is just way less interesting without hiram as her counter point or or even Hermione like her parents are so uninvolved in this like they exist but they're just not directly involved and I think without that family tension and without a relationship Veronica's just kind of lost right it's like they have the tension but they're just not around yeah, they're not constantly there butting heads in the way right. that they, they used to be. And without that, I feel like Veronica is pretty forgettable as a character. Yeah, easy to hate, easy to forget. <laughs> just annoying, like a fly buzzing around your head. You're yes. just kind of like, go the fuck away. Like, there's other interesting stuff going on here. You're not part of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And trying to intertwine herself into it is just... yeah. <laughs> she's not doing a good job. It's not she's working like out. For, she's O for whatever number we're up to because... Eight. <laughs> well, yeah, episode eight. We're O for eight. But yeah, so I mean... Now tell me, Dawn, did you see the trailer for next week? I did not. But like I said, oh, I, read the, I read the little synopsis no. thingy. No, you have to see the trailer. Wait, hold on. I just want to see what it says. Horny Betty is in 
full swing. Can I just tell you I love horny Betty? I love horny Betty so much. And can I tell you, as much as this episode looks like garbage, I'm super excited for it because it's just like Betty hooking up with everybody. And like, obviously, it's That's like amazing. it's going to be her fantasies in some point because she hooks up with Veronica because queer baiting, obviously. But she hooks up with Reggie. She hooks up with Archie. She hooks up with Jughead. She's making out with everyone. And it's like, okay. All right. Oh, yeah. The synopsis doesn't really give me that. It just says, after beginning sessions with Dr. Werther's, Betty begins to question his motives. But <laughs> yeah, no, that that's, not what the, that's not what the trailer indicates whatsoever. <laughs> the title's interesting, too. Betty and Veronica double digest. But I guess that's after the comic. Mm. Veronica plays a very small role in the trailer. <laughs> she and Betty do make out. Very interesting. But I love a horny Betty. Oh my god. I love a horny Betty. I wonderful. love a horny Cheryl. Because Cheryl was definitely horny in the beginning of this episode and wanting to go, you know, go <laughs> yes. steady with They were very demure about their makeout session though. They they were just kissing very slowly. They were, and they made it the most dark scene possible, so you couldn't really yeah. tell what the fuck was going on. Even though we knew it was just making out, but still. I would like to see it's never gonna happen because we just discussed this, but Lizzo gets some action. the girl girl deserves some action i think yeah i mean i don't know who that would be with because i really don't think tony is interested but i know she might decide to try to fuck with cheryl maybe to get to tony that's true but they keep bringing her in so i feel like she has to have some unless she's just this random person who keeps needling tony about this relationship i mean it's it's like the only way that you can inject some kind of conflict i guess (laughs) Like her conscience, her Jimmy yeah, Cricket. Yes, yeah. That's very possible. Again, anything's possible because nothing is real. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Fair enough. I think we summed that up really well. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> oh, at one point, I do have to say that Archie says, howdy doody, baby. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a lot of, there's a lot of gas in this episode too. Cut the gas and. Cut the gas. It was so bad. I really hate the lingo. Yeah. And Tony keeps saying like, they're squares, like they're squares and she's Mm. okay. Oh, they're preppies. She also calls them preppies. Yeah. And it's like, bitch, you're also kind of a preppy. I know you're pretending to be rough and tumble from the streets, but. Yeah, but you don't come off that way at yeah, all. You're very well put together. You go to school. You're good at school. Like you are also a preppy. <laughs> you just dress like you're from the streets. And even that she doesn't. She's got the handkerchief around the neck. That's, That's kind of preppy. Yeah, she yeah, she's always very polished. So yeah, it just doesn't sound right. None of it sounds right. No, not at all. But yeah, so that was episode eight. Right? We finished it? I can't believe we have 12 more. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we're going to miss it when it's over, but right now I just really want to see it. Of course we will. (laughs) We're just so aggravated because there's, again, none of this is real and we have to figure out how it's going to end. Let's do a poll. If people want us to continue covering the rest of season seven, (laughs) let us know. Or alternative... We pick our favorite episodes from across all the seasons and just randomly cover those. Wow, that's an interesting uh, <laughs> That's an interesting concept there. We can't. We have to finish. Yeah, we have. How do we've we come not? Too, we've come too far. Oh, my gosh. As always, you know where to find us. And don't be shy. You can always give us recommendations for future movies. I mean, we still have tons of Riverdale left, as we mentioned. <laughs> but... There's got to be a break soon, and <laughs> there has with, to be for our sanity. With that break, we're gonna need 
stuff to talk about. So if you have any suggestions for movies or limited series too i mean we just do gonna have say one. we do have a very special limited series coming at you at some point <laughs> we do we just don't know when but it's no. a very good one and we're about to wrap it up we're very pumped very exciting so yeah again hit us up on instagram or twitter you know where to email us and yeah is there anything you would like to add Everybody have a nice Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully the weather's good. You can all go out to the beach. That's what yes. I will do, weather permitting. And be careful with your fireworks, guys. Don't blow say, off your fingers. I was stay safe. Try to be uh, cautious of your surroundings and consider yes. it as well. Yes, consider it of your neighbors, especially yes. neighbors with cats who don't like fireworks. And dogs. And I guess babies. I don't think babies like fireworks Oh, fuck the either. babies. <laughs> They better get used to it. <laughs> oh man, we just lost some followers. <laughs> the baby the community. Baby serpents. The baby, the baby serpent community has just dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> there was such a huge percentage of our listenership. <laughs> They're the only ones buying the onesies. So Cancelled by on. the babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. So until then, that's endgame. <laughs> <laughs>